Anytime that Jesus asks a question in the gospel, pay attention. Because he's not just asking the people who lived thousands of years ago, he's asking you and I. Because scripture is written by God himself and scripture is living and efficacious. Basically that means scripture speaks to us thousands of years later. It's just as pertinent today as it was thousands of years ago. And so what were the questions that Jesus asked in the gospel today? Did you catch them? The first one, who do people say that I am? There are a lot of ways that we might answer that today, that we live in a culture that Jesus, some people acknowledge that you're God. Some people don't. Some people see you as a historical figure who said some cool things and died, and that was 2,000 years ago. Other people see you as a moral teacher or a prophet. Some people even see you as an open-minded hippie that accepts everything and everyone. But Jesus wants to know whether or not we're aware of how people in our world today see him. But more importantly, he asks a follow-up question. And what was that question? Who do you say that I am? Jesus just asked that question to you and I. And I invite you to consider in this Mass and throughout this week, what honestly is my answer? Who do I honestly announce Jesus to be? Because we heard in our second reading today from St. James, one of the great friends of Jesus, that faith without works is dead. And that directly relates to this question Jesus is asking you and I, because it is one thing, brothers and sisters, to pay lip service with that answer, to say, Jesus, I believe that you are God. But it is quite another to announce that with our lives. And let's be honest, it is very easy to, in some ways, announce the faith with our lips. But do we honestly live the truth in a convicted way that this man is God? Because Jesus never once claimed to be a good moral teacher. He never once sells himself in the Gospels to be, you know, a prophet like all the other prophets. Jesus claims to be God. Cover to cover, we can read the Gospels. We will never find Jesus acting like just another prophet, just another rabbi from 2,000 years ago. Jesus Christ claimed to be God. And so if we grasp that, there are only two honest responses to that. Either he is who he says he is, or he's not. What possible answer does Jesus' claim to be God take away? The most popular one in 2021. The one that wants to say, Jesus, sure, yeah, we'll, we'll acknowledge that you're God, but we'd really prefer to live like you're not. There is no intellectual honesty in that answer. That is intellectually dishonest to say, Jesus, I believe that you are God, but now I'm going to pick and choose the places in my life where you get to be God. If I'm doing the picking and the choosing of God, Jesus can be God of this relationship and of this morning, but not Friday night and not those relationships. Is he really actually God in my life? If I am doing the choosing of where he gets to be God, is he actually God? Honest answer, no. And so Jesus asked that question to each of us, who do you say that I am? And I invite you to really consider where are the places in my life that I live that he is God and where are the places in my life that I do not live the truth that he is God. Because we want to be aware of where those places are 
so that he can reign as God over all and not just pieces of our hearts. So Jesus actually proposes to us, we're here at Sunday morning, we, we, I think we, most of us would want to say, yes, Jesus, we believe that you are God. Jesus proposed to us in the last part of the gospel how we live that answer well. Who do you say that I am? Jesus, I say you were the Christ, the son of the living God. How do we live that answer well? It's a simple three-step process. It's not, not hard to figure it out. The only difficulty is it costs everything. And so Jesus tells us that he's come to give us life, and he's come to give us the fullness of living, not just a little bit, but all of it. And how is it that he wants to give us life? How is it that he invites us to say yes to following him with our lives? It's simple. Deny yourself, take up your cross, follow me. Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. Brothers and sisters, I want you to hear this morning, Christianity starts. Following Jesus begins with denying ourselves. You and I live in a culture that would sell us the lie that we were the cause of our own existence, that we get to be the God of our own lives, that whether or not something is true or false, whether or not something is right or wrong, depends on our personal thinking and our personal feeling. Is there anyone here this morning that willed themselves into existence? Is there anyone here that spoke and gave themselves being? No? Okay, so we are dependent beings then. We enter a universe out of dependence on God and on others. We cannot just depend on our own thinking and living in order to find the fullness of living. And so Christianity, Jesus tells us, begins with acknowledging, I am not the center of my universe. If I am not the center of my universe, and this causes me to ask, well, what's the purpose? What's the meaning to my life? And so Jesus invites us to consider that life is found not through making ourselves the source of our own existence, not through championing ourselves as God, not through living a life of self-worship, but rather one of incredibly unselfish giving. Jesus has come to show us that life and happiness is found not through self-worship, but through self-gift. And so he tells us, if you will be my friends, if you will follow me, that begins with denying yourself. How much of yourself, Jesus? Did he qualify it? Did he say, most of yourself, half of the week? No, he said, deny yourself. And so, brothers and sisters, we are called to acknowledge there is a God, and it's not us. And that's great news because our God is perfect. Our God is love itself. Our God is life itself. Our God is utterly inconquerable. And he invites us to follow him first. But in order to do that, we have to get over ourselves in order to deny ourselves. Secondly, Jesus says, take up your cross. And you and I find ourselves living amidst the culture that would sell us the lie that suffering is an evil that is to be avoided at all costs. Whatever it takes, do whatever you have to do not to suffer. But this is interesting because in our gospel today, Jesus told us that he was going to suffer. That he was going to go to Jerusalem and suffer and die and be mistreated by a lot of people. And Peter pulled him aside and said, no, 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 you don't have to do that. Like, we're with you. Don't you understand? And what did Jesus do? Jesus rebuked Peter, and he called him Satan, and he said what? You are not thinking as God does. 
but as human beings do. Human beings are motivated by a fear of suffering. Sometimes that fear actually becomes the God of human beings, where chief number one, the truth that we live under, is do whatever you have to do not to suffer. But if that was our God, we would live our lives in fear, and then we would not love as we were called to love. Because let's be honest, in order for us to be good husbands and fathers, in order for us to be good parents, in order for us to be good wives and mothers, we have to deny ourselves, and we have to embrace suffering. If life is found through giving myself away and not through worshiping myself, I have to give myself away. And so that entails inconveniences. That entails choosing another's will before my own. That entails suffering. And so suffering and love, in a real sense, are opposites. And one who chooses never to suffer is never going to fully love. And so Jesus tells us if we will be his friends, we must first deny ourselves. Secondly, take up our cross. Embrace the sufferings that life presents to us. Embrace those inconveniences that come our way. Because suffering with Jesus leads where? Suffering with Jesus always leads to Easter. With the fullness of living and loving. And then finally, Jesus tells us, after we deny ourselves, after we take up our cross, he says, follow what everybody else is doing in this world. No. Follow your... No. Follow me. And so I invite you to consider, what are the things that you most intently follow in this life? Is it somebody's Instagram or Twitter profile? Is it the latest breaking news? Is it the new fad that the world is telling us that we need in order to be happy? Is it our own will and desires and thinking? What is it that I follow in this life? Or is it him? Jesus tells us to follow him. Not the news, not social media, not our favorite NFL team. It's not bad to follow those those things, but to follow him first. And so do I pray? Do I make time to listen to him? Do I choose to stay connected to him throughout my days and throughout my weeks? If I don't, can I honestly say that it is he that that I am following? Do I love him more than I love myself or anyone else? If the answer is no, can I honestly say that I believe he's God and I'm following him? Deny yourself, take up your cross, follow me. If we follow these three steps, you might look at me and say, Father, if we do these three things, we're going to lose ourselves. And Jesus is kind of like, that's the whole point. Because he ended the gospel with saying, those who lose themselves, those who die to themselves for my sake and that of the gospel will find themselves and become fully alive. Brothers and sisters, in order to follow Jesus, we have to get over ourselves and we have to choose to follow him.